listeners, and welcome to the 14th episode of the Always Drive podcast, your weekly look at the latest news from the car, truck, and motorcycle industries where we take ourselves about as seriously as I do my future as a rapper. I'm your host, Devlin Riggs, and let me be the first to wish you a happy New York Auto Show week. Unlike the Chicago Auto Show, which some of you may recall put me to sleep while standing here at this very microphone, New York has given us plenty to talk about, and not just special editions of already existing cars. But it wasn't the only thing that happened this week, and we have a huge show with tons to cover, so in the words of Captain Tennille from Most Extreme Elimination Challenge, let's get it on! Starting off with something for the two-wheeled enthusiast among my burgeoning subscriber count, April is National Check Your Helmet Month. Uh, apparently, helmets generally require replacing every three to five years, which actually is news to me, uh, because your sweat and oil uh, causes the foam inside the helmet to degrade, placing your precious cranium at risk. Uh, Some general rules of thumb are if your helmet is older than five years old, uh, which you can tell by looking at the inside of it on the label, it's time for a new one. If your liner is in bad shape and if the fit is a bit looser than it used to be because that liner has been crushed down, it's time for a new one. If your helmet has taken a hit or even if you place your helmet on some sort of stand that could push down on the foam inside it and it's deformed a bit, it's time for a new one. Finally, if you put more product in your hair than Walmart puts on its shelves, chances are you're leading your helmet to a premature death, and yes, it's time to get a new one. Uh, I guess road deaths uh, while wearing helmets are up recently, and so some are chalking that up to poor helmet maintenance or replacement. So, much as I like to joke around, life and death is really no laughing matter, so please, biker friends, uh, go and check your lids. Uh, a lot of coverage this week has dedicated uh, to was dedicated to the continued sales slump in the automotive industry, and uh, there are some pretty mixed things uh, being said out there. So while sales have been slow to start off the year, most analysts apparently expect the industry to buck the trend and go and set another sales record this year, making it three straight record-breaking years. Um, owner of the longest title in the automotive industry. Thomas King, Vice President, Power Information Network, U.S. OEM Operations, Media and Marketing for J.D. Power, (sighs) said that he expects to be giving high fives to all execs he sees to congratulate them on their sales records this year. At the same time, he suspects that these records will be driven by higher incentives with an average of $4,000 per vehicle. Incentives are already averaging uh, out at around 3900 so we're really not far off from 4000 And that's already $500 more than we were at last year. These incentives, though, they cut into profits and could lead to other risks, including long-term, longer-term loans and increased lending to deep subprime borrowers, which I talked about a few weeks ago. Uh, dealers aren't thrilled with the incentives either because the incentive programs, which, while officially being voluntary, generally aren't. Uh, about 40% of dealers are not profitable in their new car departments until they get the incentives from the manufacturer, showing just how slim the mar- margins are on new cars. It's kind of crazy how much control uh, these dealer incentives exert on dealerships. Uh, manufacturers pay dealers if they sell a preset number of new cars, which you probably knew, which is why you should always go buy a car towards the end of the month from a dealer trying to make that goal. 
Um, they also get paid if they achieve customer satisfaction goals, uh, buy a specific number, minimum number of parts, make facility improvements, and uh, even write a certain number of loans uh, with the automaker's in-house financing firm. Uh, add to these issues the fact that used car prices are expected to fall by what I read this week, 15 to 20%, which is a lot for a car. And new car sales really look less likely that they're going to set another record and more like they're going to start bleeding dealerships dry. Uh, this sort of this is sort of the tip of the iceberg on car sales, which I know doesn't feel like it because I've talked a lot about it recently. But the automotive news has some really good comprehensive coverage of all the intricacies of the situation. So if you're more interested than what I'm just covering here, definitely go uh, check them out if you're if you want to learn more. Uh, so I'm told, uh, not being a parent myself, when you have a baby and they won't shut the hell up and go to sleep, apparently something that works like a charm is taking them out for a ride in the car. I've also heard that a cheap way to simulate that without leaving home is to place baby in the car seat on the clothes dryer, since the vibrations and noise are fairly similar. Uh, well, apparently nobody told Ford about that little trick because they've gone and designed a crib for babies that essentially simulates being inside a car. Uh, it doesn't just shake a little bit and hum, though. Oh, no. You pair this crib with your smartphone. Then you take your phone out for a drive. The crib will then use the data from your smartphone recorded during that drive to simulate that drive for your baby which seems neat, but, like, totally excessive and unnecessary. Um, now, this only exists as a concept right now, but apparently a billion bleary-eyed new parents have sent very drastic-sounding emails to Ford begging them to make it. So, uh, who knows? We could be seeing a, a very strange new product diversification from Ford on the shelves of Babies R Us sometime within the next couple of years. Um... Also this week, a new study by the Boston Consulting Group estimates that by 2030, a quarter of all miles driven on U.S. roads will be in self-driven electric cars. They said that this will be most common in cities where ride-sharing, vehicle electrification, and autonomous vehicles are already starting to take off a bit. Uh, they estimate that about 5 million internal combustion cars could be replaced by autonomous EVs, which seems really aggressive, um, but we'll probably have more cars with that technology in them available by then. Uh, whether or not they're affordable is another thing. Uh, the whole thing seems just a bit optimistic to me, given that Ford um, doesn't think it'll have an SAE Level 5 autonomous vehicle until 2026, and uh, some analysts think that Ford is the furthest along, even if BMW and Mercedes think they can knock it out by 2021, and Tesla thinks, oh, they're already there. Um, they're not only counting on these cars being available, but on buyers adopting the technology in mass. Uh, sure, it'll make the road safer, and I'd love to have my 45-minute or hour-long commute, um, despite what you may have heard last week, my commute is not seven minutes long. Um, so I could jump into anything besides driving to prevent assholes and BMWs trying to cut in when I've left safe, safe stopping distance between me and the car in front of me. Um, but every time an autonomous vehicle has a crash, it's front page news. And I just don't think there are going to be a ton of buyers ready, willing, and able to afford to make that jump by 2030 
to account for one quarter of all road travel. But, I mean, that's 13 years off and 13 Fast and the Furious movies away, so maybe by then we'll see Dom and Letty sharing an autonomous Uber Volvo XC90 on the way to meet The Rock for their next mission after having been driven to the theaters ourselves in a Chevy Bolt. Who knows? Uh, It came out this week that a coalition of automakers has approached the Trump administration and the state of California to talk about fuel economy standards and the EPA and trying to get everything to one consistent rule, as was slated to happen when Obama was in office. Chief executive of the Alliance of Automotive Manufacturers, Mitch Bainwall, said that they're not looking for a rollback of the emission standards agreed to under Obama's administration. He said that they will meet the goal of 54.5 miles per gallon, but the question is when and how. But if the question is when and the answer is sometime later than 2025, then yes, Mitch, you're talking about a rollback. Um, But any sort of standardization between Trump's EPA and California would be welcome as it would set a single standard formula for manufacturers to meet. California, along with New York and 17 other states, though, uh, are looking unlikely to budge on the deal. So we could be headed for some sort of face-off on this issue that ultimately results in two standards for two sets of American states. Uh, in 2011, Obama said the rules would save drivers $1.7 trillion in fuel costs over the life of the vehicles, but also cost the auto industry about $200 billion over 13 years. So any sort of rollback would likely result in reduced savings for consumers, but increased savings for car makers. We'll just have to wait and see if any sort of rollback happens and if that would end up helping out big auto companies while hurting individual drivers. Um, In 2015, back two years ago, Hyundai and Kia recalled many of their vehicles for engine failure. Well, uh, it seems like Ford and their escape fire issues, Hyundai didn't quite get the fix right the first time, and they're again recalling 1.2 million cars to prevent them from bricking themselves. Um, The issue centers around metal shavings in the crankcase and crank pins that could be a little too rough, blocking oil from lubricating parts, causing parts to rub, causing friction and heat up and expansion, and ultimately lead to a seized engine block, which is no good for anyone. Uh, What's worse is that this recall covers the company's mid-sized sedans, and as you've been hearing from me, mid-sized sedans do not need any more trouble right now. So if you have a 2013-14 Hyundai Sonata or Santa Fe, 2011-2013 Kia Sportage, 2011-2014 Optima, or 2012-2014 Sorento, go get them checked out. Uh, Cadillac uh, announced this week that its upcoming CT6 sedan would feature something the company calls Super Cruise, which they say is similar to Tesla's autopilot feature. In fact, it sounds pretty much identical to Tesla's autopilot, except that Cadillac is using LiDAR. Um, Not on the cars, mind you, because that's way too ugly, um, but on mapping cars that they are sending out to places where Super Cruise will be available, uh, which will be uh, divided multi-lane highways with obvious exit ramps. 
These maps will then be pushed out via over-the-air updates to the CT-6, which can use the data for what Cadillac ensures will be a safer trip. Uh, also, unlike Tesla, Super Cruise will not allow you to nap while the car is driving you down the highway and features several sensors and cameras inside the vehicle to make sure you're focused on the road when the car is driving itself. If you stop focusing on the road and start doing something other than watching the car drive itself, Cadillac says the car will bring itself to a controlled stop on the side of the road, which sounds just wildly dangerous on the highway uh, where this is intended to be used. Uh, I mean, this is it's nice that Cadillac is getting into this game and helping push innovation on this front, but does that really need to be pushed anymore? Uh, Mobileye, which was Tesla's partner in developing Autopilot, actually ended their relationship with Tesla because they thought Tesla was playing it fast and loose with safety. Plus, if you have to be paying attention to the car driving, why not just drive? Uh, autonomous features, while nice, don't seem that useful when the only work they take away from you is moving your hands and feet in a semi-coordinated way. So, I, I, I don't believe... Super Cruise has a whole huge future ahead of it, but uh, maybe it can be developed into something nice and useful, and, and good on Cadillac for trying to get out ahead of that trend. Uh, now let's look at some of the new cars that came out before New York and in New York in the new car segment. First up this week, Ford has uh, announced a new hybrid that uh, you cannot buy. Um, they are uh, producing an electric hybrid police vehicle, a modified version of their Fusion sedan, which you might recall my wife has and loves. Um, it's going to more than double the 18 miles per gallon combined on the current Interceptor sedan, which is a modified Taurus. Um, and also the 17 miles per gallon of the, uh, the Explorer. Um, it's going to be a two-liter hybrid paired with a, a motor and a lithium-ion battery, so it really is just like their standard hybrid, except that it's going to be performance-focused. So it'll go 0 to 60 in the time similar to the Crown Vic, and be able to jump curbs, and it's, it's pursuit-rated, apparently, which means... It can do all sorts of crazy shit that will catch you uh, when you're doing bad stuff in a more economical fashion. Uh, next up, Toyota's FT4X debuted at the New York Auto Show, and uh, unfortunately, it sort of crushed the dreams of everyone hoping for something that would compete with a Jeep Wrangler or a Ford Bronco, or even just be an acceptable FJ Cruiser successor. Um, what they debuted was actually a something based on the CHR crossover, which is a compact crossover, and it's been co-branded with the North Face just to show you how rugged and um, uh, trendy, I guess it is. Um, it's full of gimmicks and looks ha has the you know trunk chunky sort of uh, off-roady type of looks but it's about the size of a Kia Soul and I guess could compete with a Jeep Renegade which is nice and you know the Renegade's a good size but it's, it's still a compact crossover and it, it's basically just not what anyone 
was really hoping for, which I guess makes it okay that Toyota isn't actually planning on selling the thing to anybody. Um, Chevy this week announced the uh, suburb or the uh, Tahoe Rally Sport truck, um, and you may recall there was a time when SUV stood for sport utility vehicle. Well, uh, now that everything's just crossovers. Uh, Chevy is trying to put the sport back in sport utility vehicle um, and how they're doing that is apparently just painting a bunch of parts black and uh, trying to give the door handles and grill a little different look. They do have a performance package that's also available that sort of ups GM's 6.2 liter V8 uh, with a new 10-speed automatic transmission and a magnetic ride control to uh, actually sprint to 60 miles an hour in less than six seconds which is impressive for a large vehicle but it's still a tahoe and it's still a massive truck so the uh sport results you get may vary um <clears throat> next uh, this hasn't debuted yet but car and driver had a story uh talking about the next buick regal gs and they think that it's going to be a uh, 300 plus horsepower v6 and have torque vectoring all-wheel drive the disappointing part is that they don't think it will come on the tour x wagon just on the sportback version so we're not going to be seeing some sort of uh, crazy audi rs6 avant competitor anytime soon which is disappointing but not entirely unexpected up next, Audi has announced a sport edition of its R8 supercar. Uh, there will be only 200 of them uh, made, and uh, what that gets you is a lot of red. Um, they have made the side blades, which are uh, interesting stylistic design cue for the, like, exclusive to the R8, red. They've made the side mirrors, red. They've made the brake calipers, you guessed it, red, and they've illuminated the door sills with the inscription of uh, one out of two hundred, just to show how much your uh, how much rarer your R8 is than every other R8 and the uh, strangely rich parking lot you park in. Um, it's going to be available on both the 540 horsepower V10 or the 610 horsepower V10 Plus. Um, but uh, you will not be able to get it in a uh, uh, convertible. The Spider version uh, is not having the Sport Edition. So, uh, sorry to all those people looking to have your red and be seen in the car as well. Um, next up, uh, the the Hyundai Sonata Hybrid, which was announced last month in uh, South Korea. Uh, I guess it debuted ish in New York. Um, but it's, it's there that, I mean, that's all I'll say about it. The Hyundai Sonata is in New York. If you want to go look at the new Hyundai Sonata, go to New York. Um, two, uh, new motorcycle companies actually were announced this week. Um, uh, last week, apparently a Chinese auto manufacturer named Evoke started producing bikes. And, uh, now we've got two new companies out of, uh, India, Torque motors and m flux motors uh, which are preparing to launch electric motorbikes um, the torque tx6 
um, are uh, getting close to production, whereas the M Flux Model 1 uh, is sort of in the final stages of testing. Um, and it's got uh, the same chassis, I guess, as the KTM RC390. So it, it's got a pretty good template to work from. But uh, we'll, we'll see how these uh, bikes from the developing world actually catch on um, in, in lands where we have uh, greater infrastructure to support them. Uh, finally, um, before uh, we head into the New York show a little bit deeper, um, Jaguar has announced a new base model for the F-Type. <laughs> and before you think, oh God, yes, I can finally afford one of the most beautiful cars in the world, um, I'm going to stop you short because it's still $60,000. Um, it's a turbocharged four-cylinder, which produces a, a still impressive uh, 300 horsepower, and it's still an F-Type, so it looks amazing. But <laughs> who's going to spend sixty grand on an F-Type four-cylinder, even if it has 300 horsepower? when you could get the V6 that are only start at a few grand more. Um, if Jaguar really wanted to expand their market, this would have been starting at the mid 40s, but then that almost seems like too cheap a price to put on such a absolutely gorgeous vehicle. Uh, now, there were a lot of other cars uh, announced in New York and other developments that happened this week, and um, well, I guess you can probably figure out how I decided would be most appropriate to present them to you. Yeah, back at it. Even though I said I wouldn't be back, here I am wrapping up the New York Auto Show. Yeah, I'm back at the mic stand, rapping about cars again. Even though my limerick said that I would abstain. Have I got the tracks right? Can you all hear me now? There's a lot to cover. So if you all will allow, I'ma get started. Just like the last time I tried this. Blow through all the lame cars and the hybrids. Then we'll get going, work our way up to the good stuff. Please don't double check my facts case I mess up. The old Kia Rio used to hold up like a Geo, the only car with a JD Power score zero. But next year, Rio's getting blessed with new threads, looks and performance that they hope will turn heads. Then there's Honda who announced the clarity. Not just one car, but we won't compare the three. Plug-in, hybrid, fuel cell and EV, three kinds of vehicles Honda hopes you will see in. Truck is getting hot like a pot about to boil over. But simmer down, cause I'm gonna talk some crossovers. The Audi Q4's a new middle child. Just another jacked up hatchback, nothing wild. Now Mitsubishi's trying to act like something's new. But the Outlander Sport won't fool you. The new Buick Enclave, now that's slick. But still not the SUV that I'd pick. Subaru, three row, called the Ascent. For a big family, that shit is money well spent. They got a new Outback with a brand new face. Sales record, these guys are dunking all over the place. Genesis, ups their game with the GV80. Hyundai thinks they make a real budget Mercedes. 
It's a fuel cell too, so it isn't for real. Too bad, nice digs, got a real good feel, just like. Now we gotta speed it up, not much time to go. I think we can all agree that I finally found my flow. Who you know fresh as me? Wait, don't answer that. Cause you know we still got some new cars to look at. Like the Lexus LFF Sport, it's a land yacht. But not many cars have the power that it's got. Same with the Jeep Grand Cherokee Trackhawk. 700 horses from a supercharged small block. Infinity showed their new giant SUV. A handsome devil called the QX80. Lincoln's new Navigator showed up there. That's a SUV bigger than crowds in Times Square. Acura's TLX got rid of the beak, but it's still got that same old V6 antique. And last up, I'll turn the keys over to Kira, cause she knows the way and is happy to steer you too. making a music video for that song i really hope that one of you listeners has a dodge demon that i can sit in the passenger seat of while you do donuts and we can just fly around with our middle fingers waving out the windows at all the haters uh anyway huge thank you to my wife for singing the chorus on that song uh which she really did not want to do um, uh, because Alicia Keys is uh, a really good singer, and uh, fortunately for me, so is my wife. Um, the call to action this week, I, I want to ask listeners, and I know this is a little bit hypocritical, for patience. Um, this is not something I'm very good at. Um, you know, these, uh, these podcasts take a long time to put together every week. They're a huge time suck, and uh, it may not sound like it from... Uh, either this song or some other songs, but rap is actually really hard to write, especially when you're confined to a specific auto show and uh, some kind of lame cars that uh, you you need to cover. Um, so I, I appreciate the patience that everyone extends to me in trying to get things right with this podcast, and I need to be better myself about extending my patience to other people uh, when my own fuse runs out. 
And I think, you know, whether you're sitting in traffic and somebody cuts you off, uh, you know, the, the immediate response is, well, you asshole, why did you do that? Well, they could be in a hurry. They could be late for a job interview and they've been unemployed for six months. So I think what we need, really need to do just more broadly is expect that other people uh, deserve more patience than we're granting them. So that's my call to action this week. Everybody, including myself, work on a little bit of patience. Uh, so with that, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you to Nicholas Falcon for our intro song. Thank you to the illustrious Jay-Z for the uh, track behind our parody rap. And it was a parody. Don't sue me. Um, so this week, uh, to uh, let you guys out of here, I am going to um, play what a 1200 horsepower twin turbo anti-lag v6 sounds like um i actually haven't heard it yet myself but it just sounded too good to pass up so here friends is your moment of zen <laughs>